<laughs> okay, well, welcome to another episode of True North Nerds! Yay! So, uh, this week, we are covering the news, and we're going to do a bit of a review of the, uh, the sort of a season overview of the new She-Ra cartoon, because uh, Kevin and Ryan have both caught up on it. And the the next and final season should be out in May unless they delay it. But I don't see that happening <laughs> because right now content is king, even though nobody's getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, with us, as always, is Kevin. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. And Jen. Hi. 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 <laughs> So I'm doing, a, Jen. a little bit. <laughs> I'm totally derailing Brent. <laughs> yeah. We barely started and you're already derailing Brent. Yep. <laughs> so just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first thing is if you are up late on Wednesdays and Thursdays, uh, I am doing uh, appearances on a regular basis on News Talk 1010's Late show with Jason Agnew. Uh, last week, uh, well, I guess now will be last week we spoke Superman. And the week before that, we talked about Batman. And I don't know what we're doing coming up, but basically we're doing kind of character Spider-Man. profiles of major uh, superheroes. So Very um, cool. It's, cool. Uh, it's been a, a bit of fun. Um, yeah. And then there's, uh, we just did the, the Picard episode was just released on Friday. Which is the future for us, but the past for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I hope um, it was good. Wobbly, timey, wimey. <laughs> I think it was good. It, it was fun to have Alex on. I've I've known him for like years and years and years. So it's uh, more like decades uh, and decades. Well, yeah, that too. I knew him when <laughs> he was thirteen. <laughs> I met him when he was thirteen years old. How old were you then? Uh, Twenty-eight. Um, no, no, no. Say, uh, it was quite inappropriate. Been... No, but I was older. He, he's a bit younger than I am. Uh, I want to say I was 17 or 18. Oh, he's that much younger? Yeah, he skipped a grade, so. Marty Pants. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got, then he started hanging out with Doug and I and Gavin. So, and it was all downhill from there. All downhill from that. Oh, it point. really, really was. Poor Alex. <laughs> and, uh, another little thing is uh, Jen has taken to using our website, truenorthnerds.com, and has posted up a short story based on some writing prompts. So you should go and check that out. Yeah, I'm going to maybe try to do it every Sunday is find a prompt off of Pinterest and just 
kind of write like a free thought type of a story. There's not really any editing or correcting or, or anything going on. So, yeah, if you like it, let me know. If you don't, you can also let me know. I'm okay with criticism. <laughs> as long as it's good criticism. As long as it's constructive. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's great. You haven't even read it yet. I don't care. I still think it's great. <laughs> I'm being Thanks, positive. Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> Now comes the hard part of being positive, uh, but we'll find a couple bright spots, I'm sure. Ryan, what's in the news for this episode? What's in the news? All kinds of stuff. We really? oh yeah, actually yes, there is stuff in the news. Hmm. And it's not all related to that you know thing that's going on <laughs> that shall not be named. <laughs> Uh, we got our first look at the new Dune movie. Ooh. Did you see any of those photos? Yes, I did. I'm very, very excited about this. I really hope that's a, that it's something that we get a theatrical release for. because Yeah, that's the yeah. type of movie that you should see on a big screen. Yeah. The uh, I found the armor that they're yeah, wearing we in all those photos. Um, mm-hmm. That it looks very cosplayable. <laughs> like it's almost looks like they're already made out of like out of foam. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's got, it has the right same thickness, and it's got multiple layers to it. Like so, it's like oh, I can totally see people cosplaying this. Cool. But uh, so yeah, those. Oh no! Oh yeah. So they uh, they were released earlier this week. Um, oh, so we got, uh, you talked about earlier, more content, more things to come to TV. Uh, the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is finally going to start airing uh, on May 27th. That's been That's the official what? release date. There's still some time away, but what was that, Jen? It's still on? I didn't even know it was still on. Well, one yes. more season. One more season, and they're, I think they, when we left off last with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they were sent back in time. <laughs> I was I was just about to say, did some weird jump the shark thing happen yet? And oh, there you the, go. Years ago. Yeah. Years <laughs> ago. They've been to the future. Now they've been they're going to the past. So uh oh. So Netflix and Boom Studios have signed a first look uh a deal for film and TV rights to Boom Studio properties. Brent. Yep. Well, there's there's a couple good properties that are in there uh once in future which is uh, a book that jen and i have been really been looking forward to is that's the recent arthur, arthur story right Do you yeah, yeah. That one? yeah it's, it's uh it's it's been very good and uh the closer to home for us uh boom is also the publisher of bodhi troll which uh I don't know if it would fall into this possible deal or not because Jay own, owns Bodhi outright, and yeah. they 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 publish it. So I don't know if, if like they get a first look or whatever. But part of me is like you know, for uh, for Jay, if if they can do something, this is that perfect. would be awesome. Especially like you know, Netflix supposedly has a bone animated series in the works. Right, like yes, I heard that. that. We reported on that like months ago. If 
Amazon wanted counter programming or or Netflix wants additional programming, they should start bidding on that on Bodie right now. Mm. Yeah, that would make a good animated series. <laughs> yeah, beyond that, like <laughs> a, a Boom is a, a Boom is a very eclectic group of comics. So yes. it really depends on like, you know, they've published everything from from like Bodie and uh, Adventure Time to stuff like uh, like Big Trouble in Little China, and there was a, a what the hell is that? Oh, you can hear that story. That yes. was me marking news stories off of my list oh, okay. on my desk. <laughs> so apparently, my desk is noisy. Sorry, I'll find something to put under my paper. <laughs> no problem. And like, there's like that Brian Azzarello adult erotica comic, uh, Faithless. That's through Boom. They also did Fraggle Rock. You know, like that. There's a pretty wide variety of stuff underneath their label. My favorite, uh, my favorite Boom comic that I'd love to see adapted is Irredeemable. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, there's that. That's that's a good one. Yeah, by Mark Wade about the uh, Superman-like character who goes who goes evil. Didn't they just make a movie about that? Uh, uh, not quite. Yeah. You're thinking of Brightburn. Uh, maybe, I guess. Yeah, probably. It's a Superman-like character yeah. that is evil. In this case, it's a Superman type character who's part of a Justice League type team, and all of a sudden he just goes evil and uh uh his teammates try to stop him and of course he's superman he's too strong for them all and a couple of small-time villains end up caught up in the plot to try to take him down that sounds like a fun D &D campaign yeah yeah so here's (laughs) something this is me just putting some dots together okay i like dot to dot um boom uh, I don't know if it's a partnership or if they outright bought Arkea. Oh. The, but oh. Mouse Guard I is a Mouse Guard. Boom title, technically. It's listed yeah. on their website. Mouse Guard was listed on the article I read about Netflix. Yeah, yeah wasn't they, remember they were, they were, to they were trying to get show. that movie off the ground and it got kiboshed at the last second with the Disney Fox merger. Like there, Ooh, There's the right, test yes. footage that's sitting out there of it. And it was like, you know, they were pretty ready to start on everything. And then it just got shut down. Like, I think they were like a day away from Aww. starting the, the major work on it. But well, that would be a good one to pick up because most because of those Because they've already got done. proof of concept for it, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, Ronan Island. There, there's a ton of good boom stuff. Like, yeah. depending on the ownership. Like, like, another one that comes to mind is Lumberjanes. Mm-hmm. But I believe that's another one like Bodie where it's creator owned. Right. I also I'm I'm scrolling through Boom's webpage right now. Another one that got a lot of raves when it came out is Claus, um, Grant Morrison's History of Santa book, where Santa is like a badass. um, Oh, that kind of Claus. uh, They already missed the boat on that one. Netflix already made a, a Santa movie with Kurt Russell. Yes, but... Uh, <laughs> they could make Kurt, more. Come on, there's Kurt always Russell room for more Santa movies. Kurt Russell didn't uh, wield a large sword and uh, try to take down a totalitarian state with his pet wolf. Yeah. Oh, they could get your, your wrestling guy that who loves Santa to do be that Santa. Oh, <laughs> Mick Foley? Yeah. Uh, no. 
No. No. No. He's more a Jason. He's a little Momoa too banged type. up and old. Yeah, more Jason Momoa than. Ooh. But I, I, I love Mick. Mick has been a great wrestler, but Mick was never a body guy. <laughs> Even at, at the like his thinnest and like most agile, he he, he wasn't uh, ripped with abs. But uh, yeah, that's a that's cool news, and hopefully, uh, you know, some good stuff comes out of it, and. Uh, Hopefully, we Bodhi is one of those things because you know I, I I've said this a million times. I like Jay. I like it when my friends do well. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, next story item. Next, um, okay, so oh, here you go. Sam Raimi has come out and said that he's directing Doctor Strange. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been no official announcements by anybody involved with Marvel or Disney. But uh, Sam Raimi's coming out and saying, yep, well, he's coming on board to direct it. <laughs> if it's on Which the internet, is... you can't take it back, Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, of course, means that his best buddy, it. Bruce Campbell, has thrown awesome. his hat into the ring. Because he's like, well, he threw it out once again. Like you just said, if it's on the internet. So he threw it out on Twitter that, uh, you know, well, Doctor Strange needs a villain, doesn't he? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Well, he could do voices for characters. Uh, physically, I can't think of any character where it Bruce Campbell remotely fits the mold for for a Doctor Strange villain. See, I don't even know any Doctor Strange villains. Yeah, so. well, Dormammu, yeah, who we've seen, Baron Mordo, yeah. who we've seen, Nightmare, and, and Nightmare. I could I could see him do Nightmare would probably be more of a CGI character, and I could the Bruce would do an okay job doing the villain, <gasps> like the voice for him. I have an idea. He could be Mephisto. Ooh. Ooh. Actually, Ooh. you so know like, what? You know, so CGI, and then when he's like human, because I could totally see Bruce Campbell, like you know, playing like the Temptation Devil type guy. Yeah, that that's not terrible. And I'm, I think I'm that would fit in that how, movie. I'm curious how Raimi fits in the car. Because that damn car of his. It'll just be parked out in front of Doctor Strange's house. That's how he fits it in. <laughs> On Bleecker Street. There you go. He's getting a ticket because it's been there for so long. Yeah. We'll have a whole pile of parking tickets on, on it. All right, next. There you go, Disney. Since you're listening, since we know you're listening to us <laughs> from this next story is another uh, example. So um, apparently Disney's creating another one of their live action, live action in air quotes, um, movies of a classic uh, cartoon. Uh, anybody want to guess at which one this one is? Oh, I it's, know. It's I've heard this too. I think. Okay, then Jen, what what do you know? It's the Robin. It's the the Robin Hood one where there's foxes. That's right. That's It'll be one a CGI of my favorite. I know. That's why I made sure to put this in the news story. It's one of my I favorites too. So should be interesting. But I, I'm I'm a little scared to see them make them too realistic looking. Yeah. They could just they could make that movie really easy just by using the characters from Zootopia. Yeah. See now, if they make the cartoony character animals. That's great, but if they make them like live action, like the Jungle Book and, and the Lion King, and make them like real looking animals, that's weird. Well, you like, can't have no. 
You can't have a real fox shooting a bow and arrow. Well, no, but it'll be like real fur looking. Right. Like, it'll be but a realistic could, looking fox that walks on two legs. And You could yeah. teach the character straight from Zootopia that the yes. character that Jason Bateman played. Just put yes. him in a Robin Hood costume instead. Yes. Yeah, but that, that I one, think, that, I I think that's enjoy. too cartoony. Yeah, because Still. they're trying to go with quote unquote live action, right? So. Yeah, it's gonna be live action. Unless yeah. they decide yeah. to make CGI them all characters. Well, then why don't you just make a live action Robin Hood movie? That then that's been done how many well, times? Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Yes, exactly. Just like the live action Lion King. That's all, and you know, not live action. Yeah, I it's thought you were CGI. Gonna talk about- I thought you were going to talk about Bambi, which I've heard they're going to make into a live-action film, too. Because everybody wants to see a deer get shot by a hunter in live-action. <laughs> oh, if I wanted to see that, I'd just go hunting with my dad and my brother. <laughs> oh. uh, it, well, since we're on the Disney kick, uh, Brent can elaborate on this story for us. Uh, so, with everything that's going on... Uh, UFC president uh, Dana White had been going around <laughs> making the rounds saying he got himself a private island and they were going to hold UFC fights on this private island. Well, and, okay. What is this? And then people stepped in. Okay. So, so, yeah. Go ahead, Brent. Take this it over. Is the, this is the <laughs> power of the mouse in action, essentially. So the UFC. Uh, Dana White, who is the president of the UFC and their main matchmaker, um, had basically gone out and said he was going to still hold fights. He didn't care. He the the first step was uh, U.S. and U.S. fighters were going to be fighting at a uh, an undisclosed location, which has since been found out to be a uh, n- on a native reserve in California. Oh, and that's an interesting way to get around things. Yeah. So the Super second, stash. the second was they had gotten an island because like international uh, fighters couldn't fly into the states. So this island in international waters, where you know monkey knife fights are legal, um, they were going to hold fights. So where Disney comes into this is the um, the basically. The senator of California was a little concerned by this because, you know, fights, you have a lot of contact and a lot of fluids and and all that stuff, followed by the governor of California going, what the hell? And then like, oh, shit, there's nothing we can technically do about it if it's on a native reserve. That's up to the the uh, council of. The chiefs and all that, right? Yeah, uh, depending on how they run that particular part, right? So what he did was he called up to Bob Iger. (laughs) And because Disney owns ESPN, which is the UFC's uh, major broadcast partner right now. Yeah. Because they're on ESPN Plus in the States. And... Iger, well, everybody assumes it's Iger, and that's the name that I've heard reported. Uh, Dana White said it was a call from the highest level of Disney, so it sort of confirms that fact. Or it was from and Mickey himself. Bas- <laughs> basically, uh, they they were like, gorsh, you know, shut that shit down. <laughs> and 
that was the end of that. All fights were indefinitely suspended. All events were were put on hold. But that, like, basically the governor went to Disney and Disney went not on our watch. And that was the end. Because um, I, I would, if you're interested more in the story, go over to our friends at Post Wrestling. Um, John Pollock and Waiting have covered it and talked about it at length. And about how Dana White is um, uh, th- this uh, self-isolation, I think, is doing a number on Dana White. Because his press releases are the stuff of, like, cartoon supervillains. <laughs> like, it, he was what I put it in a tweet that got more traction than any other tweet that I've had in the last year was... He is one step away from being a villain in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie circa 1995. He got a fucking island to have fights on. So, yeah. Next thing you know, all you hear is the Mortal Kombat theme song. The question question is, is, it also is interesting because does this set a precedent for other broadcasters? Now, other sports uh, are running with the exception of professional wrestling. And the, the WWE was granted uh, permission in Florida to run because they are an essential media service, apparently. And an I'm sure it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with the the fact that uh, Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon's wife, in and is the head of the what they could refer to as super PACs or something when it comes to to donations and running the Republican Party and stuff like that, put forward like eighteen million dollars of government money towards Florida. I'm sure that had nothing to do with one another, and it was completely coincidental. Of course. Yeah. Oh, Florida. Yeah, but that uh, does that open the door? Door, and the answer is yes, because the the governor's states per, their spokesperson, when asked what about stuff like UFC, which had just been shut down, uh, the the spokesperson said it did that the essential media portion did not uh, specify which sports were included. So, if pro wrestling's running, the argument could be made that the UFC could run as well. Mm-hmm. Did you see that um, NASCAR has taken to showing um, uh, drivers playing video games of racing games? <laughs> yep. uh, I came across that, yeah. And one of the drivers just got, uh, got fined for making racist slurs while playing um, one of these games yeah. on television. Oh yeah, he dropped the big old end bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's interesting to see how each sport is sort of dealing with stuff. Um, the WWE is it is honestly in complete denial that they should be treated any different. And I say that as a guy who I I'm not friends with, but I know a couple people who work there, and I I think they are great people. But the company that they're working for right now is does not get it, and they're they're endangering lives. Quite frankly, is yeah. is what they're doing. They're they're playing Russian roulette with this, 
and just thinking that like no, they'll do testing when the guys get in as a, and by testing i mean taking their temperature asking them health questions because they don't have the covid test to do and even if they did they wouldn't get the the uh, results back in time for recording these shows. Yeah. And yeah, at least AEW, it, like, I don't particularly agree with their stance either of what they were doing, but they recorded like a month of shows. They're not doing anything live right now. It's the, they've got it all banked, which the WWE could have done, but decided not to. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it, there's a lot of big money stuff being floated around, all sorts of things right now that just kind of sort of well, saddens me a little bit. But Well, yeah, and then, well, since you you said the money thing, and we're in the wrestling corner anyway, yeah, WWE like just announced a whole bunch of releases to wrestlers and behind-the-scenes people today when, as, of, yep. as of this recording. So some, some actual, some big names, well, some medium names or some... At least, you know, recognizable named wrestlers, and so yeah, yeah that seems to grow every time I look at John's post. Oh, and yeah. A new name gets added. Oh shit! But, yeah, there's there's a lot of people that work there who are out of work, despite that company having a record year in profits and could probably make it through the storm without having any issues. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with the fact that XFL just filed filed for bankruptcy and they were part owner of that. Yeah, which they also kind of lied about from time to time. (laughs) Or the millions, like you said, millions and millions of dollars that have been donated to to the Donald Trump presidential campaigns. The thing that, well, the the thing that kind of gets me is there's one wrestler in particular that I will point out. Uh, I don't know what he's going to go by when he leaves, but Rusev, he's been a heel, he's been a face. Uh, when they started running with limited staff, because uh, their tapings are closed sets, so very limited, no audience. But Rusev donated $25,000 of his own money to those staff members who had gotten laid off. And like that, that's, you know, he was making really good money, but that's still a, a chunk of change that to help out the, the, the smaller people. Like I'm talking like some camera guys and, you know, runners and stuff like that. He, he was helping pay these guys a salary for the next couple months. And Rusev's one of the guys they let go. So, you know, there's stuff like that. Um, what the hell? Sorry, I'm watching an almost collision outside my window. They cut all the tree. <laughs> they cut the trees down around yeah. my wind outside my con- my windows, and so now I can see the street. And I have <laughs> no idea what these cars are doing. <laughs> okay, so next Sorry. bit of news, Ryan. Is <laughs> next bit of news. Are we go- are we staying with the slightly sad part, or are we going into a, a more happy territory? Uh, we're heading back into there. We're slowly getting back into to happy stuff. Uh, okay. This one's just kind of... I saw this and thought it was kind of amusing. Um, the... I guess the, the Rock was doing uh, uh, one of his little videos and people were asking him questions and stuff like this and somebody asked him if he still watches wrestling. And uh, he admitted he does. He watches some wrestling. Uh, but he doesn't watch WWE wrestling. He's actually a fan of AEW. I'm not sure if he said that. It was somebody asked him if he watched AEW, and he said, of course I do. 
I, well, I don't the think I read, he outright <laughs> denied watching WWE, but oh, see the way I read it, at least the article I read it made that I read made it sound like he said he watches that he they asked him if he asked if he watched wrestling, yeah. and that he said he he was watching AEW. Now maybe he they didn't ask if he was watching WWE. If he did, maybe they did ask him specifically. I don't know. I still thought it was amusing. Yep. <laughs> So now on to some really, really important news. So in the latest episode of Disney's new run of DuckTales, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, which was titled Double O Duck in You Only Crash Twice, <laughs> they, uh, we had a return of some more favorite Disney Afternoon characters. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We're in this oh. episode and show up and help. I think I, I I haven't had a chance to watch the episode because I don't think it's on Disney Plus yet. Because I think I just checked they're, and they're only a little bit delayed, two. aren't they? Yeah, because yeah. it's the newest episode, so it's, you know, it, it makes on, sense. It'll be delayed. It's on Disney Channel right now. Yeah, so I'll, you can watch it on demand if you have Rogers or uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, his, like Launchpad is like kind of like a 007 type role or something, because you see him in like uh, you know the white tuxedo, and so yeah, and then they introduced Fowl, which was uh, from the old cartoon. That was Darkwing groups. Ducks, wasn't that Darkwing Ducks Nemesis? One of their the or- evil organization. Oh, maybe, maybe that's where I knew it was from. One of those shows. I think but their I just, plan is to have the entire Disney Afternoon um, cast of characters from all their shows eventually show up on DuckTales. I know oh, there's man, plan for the Goof Troop, the Goof Troop to show up there. Well, as uh, you say, I've ever seen something recently where there's a clip of Goofy coming over to visit Donald. So I don't know if it's an upcoming episode or the one before I, this previous. I one. believe it is. Uh, the Tailspin cast is supposed to show up at some point too. Oh, see, that was, well, that was the one I was wondering if they'll fit them in or not. I believe be cool. so. Yeah. Oh, I got to mm. start watching this. It's making me want to go back and uh, and start from the beginning. And, you know, now that, you know, since I know the first two seasons are on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, now that I'm done She-Ra, maybe I'll have to watch DuckTales next. <laughs> it could be a good cartoon. It could be a good cartoon filler there. Nice, uh, something, a, a palate cleanser. The only episode I've watched is the one with Darkwing Duck. And in the DuckTales universe, Darkwing Duck was a a, a Batman 66 type television show. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to make a movie. And the original actor who played Darkwing Duck is quite upset that they've recast him. <laughs> I've seen that episode. And, and, and by the end of that episode, that's a great thing. It really sets some stuff up. And it's a really it good really episode. Does. But... Uh, yeah, oh, so they've had Gizmo Duck episodes. Gizmo Duck's in there. Uh, we've actually met. They've introduced the the boy's mother as a yes. character on the show. Donald's which, sister. Yeah, yeah, Donald's sister. Yes. Oh. So it's uh, yeah. You, you really I think her name is Donna. <laughs> I don't know. Of course it is. Donna. Or Della could be Della. That one, my, that sounds more from more correct, more right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so and then I guess my last little bit of news. This one was a bit on the uh, few sites this week. Um, so Venom writer uh, Donny Cates 
that how, is yep. that, am I pronouncing that right? Um, I'm not I'll, sure. I've never actually heard it pronounced, so okay. we'll go so, with that. We'll go with <laughs> it. Let's just roll with it. Uh, apparently, uh, so he must. He lives. I'm assuming he lives down in Austin, Texas, because uh, he went to two uh, co- local comic book sh- uh, shops this week and uh, paid for the entire pull list of uh, like the entire customer pull lists wow. that the store Aww. had on hand. That's um, nice. And then uh, with the only uh, request that the people who had been, you know, the money they were going to spend on their pull list, that they come into the stores and spend it on something else, either buy something they haven't, you know, something new, something bigger, whatever, just, you know, some, since now they don't have to spend it on their pull list to still spend that money in those shops to help keep the shops, you know, afloat in these times. That's awesome. So I thought that was some, some good news. So. And with that, that is the end of my news list. I've got, I've got a, Kevin, a couple things, too. And so. I've got a couple of things, too. Okay, go ahead, Kevin. Uh, so first, some good news. Um, I was just browsing the news, uh, my news feeds, and um, uh, Gizmodo just posted a list of 10 TV shows that are coming up that people who like nerd stuff should be looking forward to. So these are 10 TV shows that are starting within the next month, or at least by June 1st. Uh, one is uh, the first one is a show I love, and season two actually, as we're recording, it's air. It's starting tonight, and that's what we do in the shadows, the FX uh, oh. comedy. Oh, okay. I love, we saw that movie, love, didn't we? I love that show. I haven't watched the movie, but I love the TV show. The movie was great. I didn't yeah. know it was a TV show. <laughs> yeah. So season two starts tonight on FX. Uh, there's a new show you may have seen trailers for it if you've watched anything on Amazon Prime lately. Uh, it's it's a show called Upload, and it's about uh, in a, in a near future, computers have gotten so great that just before you die, you can upload your consciousness into a computer, and so it's uh, it's about uh, a guy who wakes up in this digital afterlife. That starts May first. On May third, if you like Rick and Morty, the second half of season four will be starting. Uh, the, the, Excuse uh, me. The creator of Rick and Morty let that uh, let that out on uh, on April Fool's Day. Uh, there is a TV show based on the movie Snowpiercer, uh, and that's coming uh, May seventeenth, and it stars Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs. So that uh, looks kind of cool. Star Girl, the new DC uh, TV superhero series, starts on May the eighteenth on DC Universe. May nineteenth on terrestrial television, so that's coming up pretty soon. I'm the looking last, forward to that. Yeah, I think it should be good. The last season of The 100 um, starts uh, May 20th. Ryan already mentioned Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Netflix has a new comedy starring Steve Carell and Lisa Kudrow, and it's called Space Force. Steve oh, Carell, I've heard of that. Steve Carell plays the military officer who is in charge of Trump's new branch of the military, the Space Force. <laughs> so that could be fun. And then the last show that uh, Gizmodo uh, mentions here is uh, Nosferatu. Um, season two of that show starts June 1st on AMC. Oh, based off the Joe Hill book. Yes, it stars Ashley Cummings and Zachary Quinto. So if I you're looking... F- I haven't been able to get up the nerve to see it. Because I read the book, and it took me a while to read the book because I had to put it down because it was creeping me out. Really? Like, I'd have to put it down for a week or two. Yeah, I think I bought you that book, didn't I? Yeah. No, it's very good, but it's like, 
It was like, oh, you you go over there for a while. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other the other news <clears throat> bits I've got are all all related to our favorite company, Disney. Um, Disney has announced that an eight part documentary series behind the scenes of the making of the Mandalorian will be starting in May on Disney Plus. Yep. Cool. It's the coincide with uh, Star Wars Day. And ah, uh, May the, the celebration yeah. time period. It's but, called yeah. the show is called Disney Gallery: The Mandalorian, hmm. and so it will start on May the fourth, which uh, may give some people who let their who quit their Disney Plus subscriptions uh, when the Mandalorian did, it might cut them back. Oh, uh, I have a very quick Mandalorian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Build a bear. How now has their uh, Build a bear the child available? Nice. But it's sold out Those in are... record time. So you have of to sign up for a waiting list so that they'll let you know when it's back in stock again. Oh, my friend Heather is going to be so displeased about that. Because <laughs> she was going to go to Newmarket or, uh, to make it. Oh, it's gone already. Because she's got a gift card. Well, this was before yeah. everything yeah, happened, but, right? So they're not open right now. So is it only online? Yeah, I guess. What's the point of doing Build-A-Bear online? I guess you, you get it pre-stuffed because you just yeah, want because the, the, really the with the, the baby Yoda it would look exactly the same. Yeah, but really when you go to either. build a bear, there's a whole thing like you, you know, you put your stuffing in it, and you put yeah, the heart. That's, and if do, it, whole... that's if you build a bear. When it's like these licensed ones, I don't know if they even bother going through all that. Do they? Yeah. I think you can, but you can also buy them pre-stuffed. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I know I'm they assuming. have. They have a line of Doctor Who build a bears now too. You can get yes. You can get the Thirteenth Doctor as a bear now as well. well. Kayla will be disappointed to hear that then if they're already sold out. If she doesn't uh, I'm have sure more they'll. Already. I'm sure they'll do more. But I've heard build a bears oh, yeah. limited things tend to be pretty limited. Like yeah. they're they're when they say they're gone, they're, yeah, they're gone. Did no, they but their their website be a limited run. No, their website specifically said we will get more. Sign up yeah. for our waiting list. Okay. <clears throat> it okay. wouldn't make sense unless it was a Disney thing to make it unlimited for that to want to try to to limit this one because yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I've got two sort of happy stories. One will oh, probably I, I've follow. Got, up. I've got a couple more quick ones too here. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bob Iger, who'd stepped down at the end of February as CEO of the Disney Company. He stepped back up. Stepped back up. Yeah. Uh, I saw that and figured you'd probably bring it up. So Yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly what that means, but it's probably just uh, that uh, Chapek is new and they didn't want to drop all this on him at once. Uh, Welcome on board. Deal with the pandemic. Yeah, because Disney, <laughs> Disney is really, really hurting because of this. Yeah. When your entire business depends on people being able to get together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're hurting. So, uh, and the last thing I have is there is a, a fully updated movie release calendar that Disney has put out uh, with the shifting of all of their films. Some of them, which hadn't been hadn't been noted as being shifted, have f- finally have. So the first new movie that's coming out from Disney, if all goes well, is Mulan, and that's going to come July 24th. Um, the Kingsman has been pushed back to September 18th. Death on the Nile, that's the sequel to um, 
uh, Murder on the Orient Express. These are Fox movies, too. That's uh, October 9th. Black Widow is now November 6th. Soul, the new Pixar movie, is November 20th. Uh, Eternals is now February 12th of 21. The Raya and the Last Dragon was Disney's big animated feature for Christmas. That's now March of next year. The Bob's Burgers movie has been pushed back to April of 2021. The Bob's Burgers movie? Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is now the May of 21 uh, Marvel release. Jungle Cruise is now July 30th of 2021. Doctor Strange will be the November film of next year. And Thor Love and Thunder has been pushed back to February 18th, 2022. Ah, that's a long time for Thor. Uh, And Black Panther 2 is May 6th of 2022. So yeah, there are lots Uh of untitled movies listed here as well, but uh, they finally released that. So don't look for any big movies this summer because they've all been pushed back because nobody can go to the movies. I I think they're, they're feeling that they probably won't open the theaters until the fall. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, that sucks. Not just for us, but like for the movie theaters. Right. Well, for I all those people that work there, yeah. Yeah. I think Wonder Woman was pushed back to August, wasn't it? Well, I, thought it was I believe so. Than but that. It than was that? It November? Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to say it was November. Yeah, let's Either not way. be the downer, but let's face facts. Is everything. everything in, Big, large tentpole-wise, that was supposed to release this summer is going to be pushed back. Of course, it's, they moved Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, there's no two ways around it. We are going to get some things that go, some smaller things that go straight to uh, VOD and streaming service. Um, Tom Hardy's uh, Al Capone movie is going straight to VOD, apparently, which I had completely forgotten that was going to be a thing. <laughs> Never even heard of it. Yeah, he's playing Al Capone, and interesting. Yeah, it, it got a title change too. But uh, uh, let's see, Wonder Woman release date. It's I'm seeing Wonder, Wonder Woman's release date is August fourteenth. Fourteen. Oh, okay. So. Well, there you go. But that's, that's probably going to move. Oh, probably. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if theaters <laughs> will be open wide enough to be them doing that but right what about that x-men movie that x-men movie oh you mean new mutants (laughs) (laughs) the unluckiest movie in the franchise although so somebody pointed out that the each of the shitty x-men movies has been followed by a plague (laughs) <laughs> like uh, like X-Men Last Stand was the the SARS crisis I think uh-huh. and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up but it, it was there was a couple of them that was like oh you know what he is completely and utterly uh, correct like just the timing wise right yeah oh here it is <laughs> okay so 2003 X-Men United which was X-Men 3 Comes out 2003 SARS outbreak 2009 X Men Origins Wolverine 2009 Swine Flu outbreak 2019 X Men Dark Phoenix 2019. Now this is when it started, not yep. full. No, no, for sure. Yep. yep. 
2019 COVID-19. So, so that means, X-Men movies. That means New Mutants is a good movie because it's going to come out after The Plague. Yeah. Or something we worse hope. is going to follow it. <laughs> Cthulhu Rises. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to point out uh, uh, two happy things to, to lead us into our main thing, and then one sort of mystery. Ooh, I like So right now, as we speak, there are a crap ton of comic book uh, creators who are raising money for comic book stores via uh, one central charity that's called uh, Book Industry Charitable Foundation. It's going to be helping out these broken book and mortar stores with uh, just getting by. And book and mortar, or brick and mortar. Brick, brick and mortar. But, like, you know, we're brick seeing, like, Morty? artists are putting up anything from sketches to uh, Phil Jimenez has, uh, like, a full, like, spread, like, double-page spread up for auction, and uh, the guy who's uh, um, the guy who's drawing uh, Green Lantern right now is selling pages. Uh, there's other people. Heather Antos, who... Uh, you might hear on this very podcast network coming up is selling off a collection of uh, variant uh, the the 40th anniversary variant covers to all the Star Wars books that came out that year. She's she's auctioning Ooh. off like an entire set of those. Like it, it, it's nice to see the comics community is rallying around the the stores. It, it's really kind of cool to see that that like Don, Donnie Cates is another guy who like. Your earlier story, that's not the only thing he's done like that. Like, I, I want to say, like, two weeks ago, he just, like, basically said, like, there's a ton of characters I want sketches of. Who's going to do them? I will pay money. And he went through and got sketches of characters, like, for his sketchbook. He did commission, like, bought commissions to, like, a, a couple thousand dollars worth of commissions off of artists to... You know, just try and help them out a little bit. Now, where's this guy getting all this money from? Venom. <laughs> really? Uh, I think he's a Marvel exclusive artist. I know his his wife's in the comic industry too, so maybe he uh, and I don't know. Maybe he's cut some deals and like his his stature is such that he might have a couple movie deals that we don't know about that he's getting paid in advance for, or if they're using bits from his comics that, like, you know, that he gets a participation cut in. Or maybe he's got the money, he, he kind of has the money and lives modestly, and he's just doing what he can to help out. Like Either way, it's so, awesome. So my next story, we delve, it, we delve a little bit back into wrestling, but it's it, it was too good of a story. And I never heard back from this person, but I said I would do it anyways. So uh, a uh, wrestler named Trisha Parker is her real name. She wrestles under Jordan Grace for Impact, which is owned by a Toronto company. Uh, I I have followed her on Twitter for a while. I felt bad for her because she was supposed to get like have her wedding and had to cancel it. And she has consistently proven I've never met this woman that I think she is probably a quality human being. Because the first thing she did was they couldn't get refunds or do anything with her flowers. 
because like she was supposed to get married like two weeks ago. So they the flowers were delivered. They couldn't be refunded, which you can kind of understand because you know they're perishable, right? Yeah. So what she did was she she and her uh, fiance took those flowers, made them up into bouquets, and had them delivered to a whole bunch of local hospitals in her area. Which Aww. is that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Like, for both like patients and nurses, she is uh, the last little while like uh, last week. She did a thing where she had like her followers like, hey, tell me a, a bunch of nurses that you know and frontline health workers. I'm gonna buy them dinner tonight. And, and she put and she like forwarded these people cash basically through direct payments, and which is like you know given what happened to her for this because you know she lost her wedding, her livelihood is put on pause. And she's not like making WWE money. She's pr- she's doing okay. It, uh, she signed a, an impact contract. She's probably all right, but she's not like you know she's not making millions upon millions of dollars. So this woman is just kind of awesome. And if you like wrestling, check her out. If you uh, like her as a wrestler, she does have a uh, a website. Uh, JordanGraceWrestler.com, uh, where you can find links to her merchandise. Feel free to buy a shirt or something, or just like go to her Twitter and say like, "Hey," because it, it's it's nice that somebody has taken this and turned it into so many positives. And yeah. especially with healthcare workers, one of my best friends is a nurse, and I am sort of worried about her. I I, I am, and I'm not because Kim is. Kim has been through the shit before, but at the same time, it's nice to see that the 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 frontline health workers are at least getting appreciation for what they do right now. Like Kim, Kim has told me uh, through her husband that they have never gotten so much food delivered to the hospital she works at, like you know, to take care of them from various restaurants and chains and. Just people ordering them coffees that for the workers inside. You know, it's there is some positives. Now, the last thing I'm going to leave us with before we get into the Shira review is there's a bit of a comic book mystery going on right now. Uh, If you go on Twitter or Instagram, there are a ton of comic book artists from all over the place: Marvel, DC, Image, Independence, you name it who are posting up fake ads for two different fake cola companies. One is called Fizz One, and the other is called Popso Cola. And nobody seems to be saying what the deal is, like what all this stuff is. But there is a ton, and like, I'm not just talking about, like, these are guys that we know who they are, like, Joe Kazad is one of the guys. Mark Brooks, Frank Cho, you know, like the like it's name comic book people, but they haven't revealed what it is. But they're all basically saying that, like you know, stuff like I used to love this soda. Why isn't it made anymore? And stuff like that. But these sodas didn't exist. <laughs> so I'm curious what this leads to. If I assuming it's going to be some sort of charity thing, but uh, I'm curious what that is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, Shira. Spoiler warning. 
What? That was a sad attempt at the theme song, Brett. Oh, is that what that was? Sorry. I'm assuming that's what that was. <laughs> I, I was going for the old school Shira theme song, and even that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's the old one. That doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. I don't know the new one because Brent always skips. We must be strong. We must be brave. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's the new Shira. And then you hit skip. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watch it quite often, actually. I, I think that song is very catchy. It is catchy. I was just thinking that to myself tonight when I was uh, rewatching the last episode of the season. But as I said, the entry, the uh, theme song is pretty catchy. So we'll start with Ryan and Kevin. We'll we'll do a kind of a a, a bit of a catch up because you guys had sort of watched the show, but you really both of you really piled onto it in the last month, right? Uh. Yeah, I, I guess I'd started a, a couple of months ago just watching episodes every now and then, but I found that I couldn't watch just one. I'm like, oh, I'll just watch one, and I ended up watching three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They just go down like candy. They're so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really well written, and it's fun animation, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. There's just something about it that uh, that really caught me, and I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's a good fantasy um, action story with really interesting characters yep well, and it, it starts off like especially when you, when you look back to season one and you start getting into it and it feels like it's just going to be this you know super sweet fuzzy shimmery girly cartoon thing <laughs> which it quickly develops not to be that and it just like you said just turns into a good like sci-fi fantasy cartoon just happens to be princesses with names like Glimmer, and um, I don't remember any of the other names, but you know, Mermista, Mermista, yeah, Perfuma, Frosta, Entrapta. I love Entrapta. Castastella. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Uh, the names are left over from the '80s when they were just trying to sell stupid toys. Yeah. Oh no, so for the sure. Names are the- not that great. <laughs> oh no, we're not complaining about the names. They, at least they, they continuity-wise, they kept the names. Like they they yeah. kept the names. They, you know, they, they updated characters. Uh, oh, they updated like all the characters. Like everybody, yeah. But they've actually developed the characters. Yes. Yeah. And by the time They're we get more to than this, fire toy. Yeah, and by the time we get to this fourth season, they've actually developed the whole plot and the story and. But uh, which is one of the good things uh, is just last month they, they did an interview in EW with one of the creators and they, they knew exactly how many episodes they were going to have from the beginning. It was a planned 50, it's a 52 episode run. Mm. So when the, fi- the next season is the final season, but they knew it was going to be like that long. So that's why the story seems to be, you know, growing and being told the way it is because that was the way it was always meant to be. Yeah, they were. It wasn't just like a. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't want it to end. (laughs) Yeah. No, but better for it to end on a high note than to drag out too far. It ends on their terms, which is good. It's interesting that they have never once um, used the original Shira's connection to He Man. That's not part of this show at all. I kind of like that. I do. I like it a lot. The one, the only thing that that leads me to wonder is, what is Grayskull in this universe? She says, for the honor of Grayskull. 
but we we don't Maybe know anything about Grayskull. Well, then why call it out if it's the source of her power? Grayskull yeah. has to be something. One, it's a first one, something probably. Yeah, but who are the first ones? And if she was, you know, they, well, they'll be learning in this final season or in this fourth season, and that it was. Uh, the hologram in the, the crystal cat pal- palace that actually that's light light hope light hope light hope yeah that kidnapped her not not hordak that uh well and that she was a descendant of the first ones yes and was in that the power of shira which we learn isn't the power from the sword that it's a power that's always there and so that means she's inheriting this power which leads me to think that she is a dora that has a brother named adam it's possible. Maternia, and I would hope, I kind of hope that maybe we end the season finding that out. They just be like, find out where she's from. They don't have to explore it. They don't have to just, they just that little nod to be like, yep, yeah, mm. she is He-Man's brother or you know, a prince, you know, this, these other people, because somebody's got to be fighting Horde Prime, right? Out there in the universe. It can't just be. Because he hasn't taken over the universe yet, he's hoping to use this new weapon to take over, and but they're going to be fighting him. So she doesn't have to be related to He Man because this, the power of Shira has been passed down. So right, I mean, it it could be that the power she of He Man gets a, passed down too. Exactly. So they don't don't necessarily need to be related. No, but it could be. You know, well, I guess it comes down to what kind of. How does the power, like, when they say pass down, is it a lineage thing? Like, it is a genetic thing or not? But either way, I would... Well, that would make her directly related to Mara. Yeah, maybe she is. Well, I guess so. Seems to me like Mara died without children. Doesn't mean that she's... No. She could have nephews or nieces. I know, I know. But the the one thing that I like about... The one thing that I like about this and not having it connected to He-Man is because I always felt like He-Man was the big thing and it was like, oh yeah, we also need to do something to appease girls. Oh, here's Shira, bleh. Oh, it, it totally and was I, back I, in the day. Yeah. But that's so exactly really what it was. I that that's they what... don't connect it at all because now oh. it's like Shira is the thing and Shira is the main, the big thing. And who cares about the other side of it? That's not part, important. Whereas oh no, before, and, and that's why I wanted that... to be like, at the end, I don't have He-Man be in the season don't have any of that. It's just like maybe you know, by the time we've wrapped this whole thing up and you're putting a bow on it, maybe that's just a little, the little extra thing that could be like, well, you know, we're done this. But if we ever came back. Mm. Yeah, see, yeah, I wouldn't want them to even tie He-Man to it if they ever came back. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not how these properties tend I- to work. <laughs> and this could be the way you get actually ongoing stories be- with the the new or the two new He-Man series that we will be getting right from back Netflix. where we started about how He-Man has to be the thing that brings value to Shira. Which no, it isn't. no one's saying that though. No one's saying that He-Man's bringing. That. No, well, that's the old one. Yes, because it was a spin-off. Because they wanted yeah, but to we, market, we know Kevin but... Smith's cartoon is a continuation of the original exactly. oh, that so, doesn't work yes. it's, well it's supposed to be continuing off that one yeah uh, but then there's that other uh, second one that we don't know anything much really about yeah. I doubt it'll be a, a spin-off or a continuation of She-Ra which would make me interesting if it was yeah He-Man spun out of She-Ra 
to do the whole, but, uh, you know, it could be a, a, a way for you to get some more Shira stories by having her show up in He-Man. Yeah, I don't want her to be a secondary character, though. I want more Shira stories. <laughs> Speaking of secondary characters, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I I think that's for me what Shira has done really well is that the let's face the it, the original cartoons from our childhood did not really develop characters very well. Oh no, no, not at all. Is and I will go on record of saying He Man is best left in my past in my childhood memories. Well, same with the original. Adult, it is not a very except good for the Christmas special. Oh yeah, that I'll give that one a pass. <laughs> that will get the pass. That can be watched anytime. Yes. Well, any any Christmas time. I'm not sure. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would watch it in the middle of summer. Well, yeah, Christmas uh, in July. Uh, on the original show, the secondary characters were almost interchangeable. Yeah. We didn't they see were them very often either. But I like that all the princesses on this show have very developed personalities yeah. and very different body types. They, they're not they're not uh, swap the head on your Barbie and you've got a new character. They all look different. We've got young ones, old ones, plump ones, thin ones, all different Crazy ethnicities. Ones. <laughs> yeah, I especially especially Spinnerella and Natosa. They're strictly, almost strictly background characters, but, you know, obviously in a relationship and, you know, you don't really hear about them until closer to the end of the last season. They're, but most, they're, they're in the background for the whole show. Right. And they're so cute. Well, there, <laughs> there are, uh, there are gay themes that run through the whole series too, right? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Bo's, Bo's fathers and yeah. uh, obviously Double Trouble, I think. Double Trouble is, it's not, it's the first non-gendered character. Yes, and uh, he, she is played by a transgender actor. Yeah, it's they, they go by they. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, the, I, I wasn't sure, aware of, her, of their pronouns. Yeah. And the, the kind of, the, the nice thing about all of it is it's not made a big deal of. No, like nope. nobody goes. You have two dads. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just. Oh a, my like, god! Oh, hey, no. explain no. that. His it's big just... secret was he didn't want his two dads to know he wasn't away at school and that he was running around fighting in the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I did enjoy. So I liked that they drew one of his dads to look like that. Yeah. Very much looked like the original uh, <laughs> character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The original Bo. And, and like I said, this did, and also the relationship between between Spinnerella and Natosa, like they barely even mention it. But if you look at them in the background, they're each wearing each other's necklaces. Yes. So they both have very distinct color schemes. I just looked them up. One is purple, and the other one is all silvers and blues. But oh, okay, the those two Spinnerella okay. is, is to, the purple know who one. You're talking about. Yeah, Spinnerella is the purple one, and she's wearing a, a silver and blue necklace, and Natosa is the silver and blue one, and she's wearing a purple necklace. And I love that they just do that little kind of nod to their relationship. So, so uh, my <laughs> favorite like background character is Seahawk. <laughs> yes, and the Seahawks. I just love every time Seahawks in an episode, I just light up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that episode awesome. the one where they figure out about when they're trying to figure out the spy and Mermista yeah. continues to go about her mer mysteries that she loves. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, all the different mer mystery titles, and yeah. then she, that's like the time in this. And then 
and him continuously go, well, I didn't do it. I was fighting 150 horde robots. <laughs> and he finally breaks down and he's like, oh, hey, oh, oh. like, we know we were all there. You punched yeah. one guy. My favorite um, uh, character uh, is uh, Scorpia. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel good. so bad for her because she just wants to make friends. And yeah. uh, uh, the way they've developed, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the quote unquote villains on this show has been great. Um, yes. The Horde is not just a faceless monster. Uh, there are people who live and work with the Horde. And uh, uh, some of them are seem like good people. Kyle. Like Kyle. <laughs> oh, Kyle. Kyle of the Horde. I love him. Making uh, up his own games. But, like, Scorpia just seemed to be doing what the Horde asked her to do because she really didn't seem to have any place to go. And she really just wanted to be Katra's best friend. Well, yeah. and her family was one of the first ones that they, they, they signed up with the Horde. They let yeah. the Horde take their land. So, yeah. to her, the Horde were the good guys. So, yes, she yeah. was brought up in the Horde. She's yes. like, well, you know, my parents gave up our whole kingdom for the Horde, so they can't be that bad. See, and I can't decide from my background character who my favorite is between Scorpia and Entrapta. Oh, I love Entrapta. Entrapta's pretty awesome. Is just amazing. <laughs> but then, I, I mean, I also love Mermista, and like I said, Spinnerella, and like all the characters are just so, like you said, well-developed and... <laughs> You know, all of them are engaging and they all have this every there is no bad character. There is not not a bad character, even Hordak. Yeah. Like in the original, Hordak is just the bad guy and he's just a face and he doesn't do anything. But this Hordak, like his whole relationship with Entrapta, you learn about his motivations. Yeah. You know, you, you feel bad for him. Yeah. And this actually gave a reason <laughs> why Horde Prime is called Horde Prime. Yes. Yes. It's like like they took just like a name and they put a reasoning behind it, right? Well, they explained why the Horde was invading in the first place. Like, I think, because I don't remember in the original one if they had a reason for the Horde invading. They were just there. Because and they're evil! Exactly! So, so what's the reason on this one? I might have found it's been so long. Please. Uh, it's Horde Prime's... Uh, sent out clones didn't he i can't remember exactly i know that hordak is trying to prove himself to horde prime by capturing etheria yes. and i can't remember if there's a reason why etheria is important let me look it up i don't think there was originally because the way that at least in the his interactions with them uh <laughs> when he shows up because he's kind of like oh you survived i didn't know you were still alive out there type of thing like yeah. oh you disappeared, and we thought you were destroyed, kind of thing. And I was like, oh, time for a reboot. Okay, so in Season 3, we learned that Hordak is a clone of Horde Prime, who is the emperor of the space-faring Horde army that attacked Etheria before Etheria was relocated to another dimension. So that's why he's trying to capture Etheria, is because they were attacking right. him, and then Etheria di Mara made Etheria disappear. It was um, Mara. I couldn't remember who, made, yeah, who got it out. It was Mara. Yeah. Yeah, but she uh, she made them disappear because she wanted to stop them using the heart of Etheria, the yeah. weapon. Right. Now, did you guys have that moment where you're watching the show and listening to the voices and go, 
I know that actor. I know that actor. And I'm specifically talking about the episode the first time we meet Huntara. And I'm like, whose voice is that? I watched the credits and went, oh my God, Gina Davis is on this show? Oh, Gina Davis. I thought it was Lucy Lawless for a second. No, no, Gina. Which one's Huntara? (laughs) She is the princess from the Waste Zone. She's not really a princess. She's no. the, oh, like the big, the big, the big muscular girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one that when they're in the the episode with the cactuses and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Trying to find the ship. Okay. Like I know this voice, and when I went, Gina Davis. Like, why is she doing Shira? How did she get involved with it? Because uh, Shira I is she awesome. Just, they just asked her, and she said, "Yeah." <laughs> other. other Fairly big name people on the show. Um, Sandra O oh is cast as Spella. Oh yeah. And King Micah is played by Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. Daniel Day Kim. Uh, well, the Daniel rest Day of the cast, Kim. I really don't know, but uh, but the voice that, acting Jen? is. Who's Daniel Day Kim? He was on Lost. He was on oh, Lost. Uh, Angel. The name was familiar, and I couldn't oh, place. Like, oh. Right. Okay, I get him now. That's the other thing I really liked about this. I remember in when I watched this originally as a child, uh, Angela and uh, Angelica, Angela, Angela, she was my least favorite character because she was so annoying. But in this one, again, like they just redid her in such a way where she starts off in the first couple of seasons as the bossy adult, but then towards the end of uh, I guess it's the third season. Where you you maybe it's because I'm an adult now, <laughs> and I tend to empathize more with the adults in these shows. But I'm like, oh, she's just she just wanted what's best for her family. Made oh, me cry. And the season three finale where she sacrifices herself so that yeah. Adora doesn't have to go into the portal. Fried. <laughs> I cried. Not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> so good. The, the only thing that has surprised me about the show is weirdly, like, the the lack of toy support for it. Mm. Like, it's kind of odd that, like, it, it's they brought back the show, and it's really, really good. But there all that there was was really the, the line of dolls that came out that were Target exclusive. And you can't buy them anymore at Target, because I looked them up the other day. So I managed last time we went to the States to get Shira and Glimmer. Um, but the Catra obviously is the best seller and it's gone. You can't find now, it. Now what anywhere. kind of dolls are they? Um, they're, they're like kind of like my Marvels. Yeah, they're like my Marvels girls dolls. Oh, okay. The, the so, superhero girls dolls. Okay. There were from what I looked, I was looking earlier just at some pictures. I believe there was like a, a New York Comic Con exclusive. Yeah, with Shadow by, by Super Seven of Shira and Katra yeah, uh, back are... in 2018 that were more like action figure Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they did the dolls of Shira and and Shadow Weaver, I think. Uh, and that was yeah, a they, San Diego exclusive that I really yeah, wanted. Both of those happened. So uh, Super 7 set. I did, At the time, they were saying, oh, there was going to be more, but that was it. And I don't know if that was a result of Mattel just bringing the license home, as we, we know they've kind of done. Um, or if it was something else, but the, yeah, the, it, but it surprises me that, you know, there wasn't more of a toy push. Really. I know. Like I'm disappointed, honestly. Uh, other than, than that, like you, I remember from the original She-Ra and He-Man days, like 
there was toys and vehicles and birthday party sets and it, it I don't know if it's maybe just like Netflix doesn't do that or yeah. they they just yeah. are partnering with the wrong ones cuz like uh Voltron's another example of a cartoon that you know Netflix did and there was one wave of toys and that was kind of it now uh, uh the um the the show is made by DreamWorks. Yes, uh, be, uh, I saw I saw that that's at the beginning of every episode. Uh, does Hasbro still get a credit in the in the credits? I haven't noticed. I haven't watched that. Uh, Mattel, I, I believe that they would get some sort of credit because they own the property. But other than that, yeah. No, I was yeah. really. I mean, I would really like to get the Catra doll, but she's going to be very difficult to find. And if I do find her, very expensive. And I'd love to get the San Diego exclusive from last year, the year before, of uh, Shadow Weaver. But again, if I ever find it, it's going to be super expensive. So I'm happy I got my two dolls, but they also made a separate Adora doll. And the best thing about the Shira doll and the Adora doll is that Adora is shorter. So they made the yes, Shira doll yeah. taller they, than Adora. <laughs> yeah, they, do awesome. that. they did that well in the cartoon, too. Yeah. But, I mean, like, to even bother doing that in the doll is pretty awesome. Now, like, the Glimmer doll is considerably shorter than the Shira doll, too, which is amazing. <laughs> for, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but on the original Shira, nobody knew that Adora was Shira, right? Whereas on this uh, show, it seems to be public knowledge. Yeah. No, no I, I want to say, I thought that everybody did know that Shira was No, no, no. Glimmer knew. Glimmer, no, knew. Glimmer knew. Glimmer um, knew. Madame oh, okay. Raz. And... Think one Angela? Other, not Bo. No, no, Angela. I don't think Angela knew. It was only like three, maybe three people. Yeah, Bo did not know. Yeah. But nobody from the Horde knew. No, nobody from the Horde knew. And nobody, uh, yeah, so they didn't bother with the whole secret part of the secret identity. They were just like, yeah, Dora Shira, awesome. <laughs> Which is kind of good because it makes it a lot more, a lot easier for her to step up and to be Shira, yeah. Instead of just kind of hiding and, and not knowing what she should be doing. And plus that gives Katra motivation too. Like yeah. the relationship between Katra and Adora is really interesting on this show. Oh, there's so many like. Adora, Adora never down. wanted to leave Katra behind. No. But Katra doesn't want to be the. Katra wants to be a leader. Katra wants to be number one. She doesn't like to take orders. And yeah. uh, it's, it's fantastic. And now Katra's all alone. Well, no, now she's stuck with Glimmer, isn't she? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess Brian. she is. But, but... Yeah, oh, but yeah. no, she doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have any lackeys to boss around. She doesn't, she doesn't even, even have Bordak. Yeah. So... Yeah. Now, just looking real quick, did you know that there was a swift wind to go with your... Uh, in your dolls? Yeah, I know. But that one was, like, 40 bucks US. And I'm like, ugh, that's a lot Canadian. But I would love that. Speaking of new characters. Swiftwind is awesome. Swiftwind <laughs> in the original one was just a horse with a deep voice. This Swiftwind that is had some wisdom every so attitude often. and sass. I and just want a chair. Is, Why can't I have a chair? I need a chair. He's freaking <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Let me love see him. if I can find it. Keep it, talk amongst yourselves for a second. Yeah. So the um, uh, the episode when they when they all get kidnapped, <laughs> and they're singing in the bar first, and then they're yeah. on the ship. And 
And I love that Swiftwind is not because okay, again, Swiftwind used to just be Adora's or Shira's horse. Like he didn't really do much. And yeah. I love that in this one, he's one of the boys, and they're like, "Oh, we were going someplace cool. I'm coming too." And like he's he's, always I'm a magic horse too. now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always got his, his wings and everything, and can talk. It's like I never just a back. regular horse. I love that people are like, are like. I'm talking to a horse? Like, horses don't talk. Why am I talking to a horse? Everybody <laughs> he meets is, is, says the same thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I can't find it, but I follow a show creator and, well, show runner uh, Noelle Stevenson on Twitter, and somebody specifically asked her about Swiftwind's chair. Like, would it be a chair built for Swiftwind? Like, or does he just want a human chair? Like, how would he sit on it? And she replied back with, he hasn't figured that part out yet. He just likes the idea of having a chair. <laughs> He'd probably be happy if they just said, this is your chair. It had his name on it. And he'd be like, okay, good. I have a chair now. And he doesn't even, he can't even sit on it. He just wants a chair. Yeah, just wants yeah. a chair. Just wants knowledge. He just wants to be acknowledged. So season four kind of ended on a down note. Uh, Do you think season five, since it'll be the last, kind of wraps everything up with a, uh, do we get a cheerful ending? I hope so. The biggest thing I want to see in season five is the the fixing of glimmer and adora's relationship i yeah. that was my biggest pet peeve about season four was once once glimmer became queen uh, um she she got this huge chip on her shoulder and she was alienating her friends and i want the best friend squad to get back together adora bow and glimmer yeah i miss so that she suddenly she suddenly had this whole weight of responsibility on her shoulder and oh i you know, know. She wanted to defer to Shira, but she knew she shouldn't defer to Shira because she's the queen and it's her responsibility. And Adora was just, you know, being in charge. And yeah, no, so that I think that well, they did a also good job of explaining why there was a strain in the friendship. Oh, and they're all yeah. teenagers too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's the kind of crap teenagers do. Well, plus the whole, they were just trying to, you know, you're the queen now. You can't come out onto the front line and put yeah. yourself in danger. That's irresponsible. Yes. And then she's like, well, I'm the queen. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. So I, I think that it was, it was an interesting way to um, kind of change Glimmer's character around. Cause I mean, but still fit with her character, that kind of a pressure that she had. Oh, for sure. Um, I would really like to see, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how Catra's story arc re- ends. Yeah. Whether it ends in, I really hope that it ends in happiness for her somehow, but I don't know how because she's alienated herself right. so completely from everyone that I don't know how she's going to kind of like fi- either fix it or is she going to end up like sacrificing herself for Shira? I was just say in the end we find you know, it comes down to something and she ends up being the the true hero of the whole story by sacrificing herself to to defeat the horde off of Eternia and Etheria she dies in the oh, sorry yeah Etheria Ather- not Eternia sorry uh wrong planet <laughs> and uh, yeah, because the the big hero of the thing saving Shira, sacrificing herself, the end. Fade or is black. she even gonna have a redemption arc, and she ends up becoming like 
the new Horde Empress? Or, yes. Like, Maybe, could yeah. she just go full evil and not even like just commit to the role, the path that she's on, and just remember though you know, that we've we've brought back King Micah, and Glimmer doesn't know that her father is alive. Yes. Yes. So I mean, there's that was that. so sad. <laughs> there's still that to resolve too. And yeah. I don't know now that the portal is open and that Etheria is, is back, back being part of the universe. universe. Does a, does Angela have to stay in the portal? Can Angela come back too? She's not dead. No, that's true. Can't so, they figure out yeah, how to bring her? But where, where did the portal send her? That's a good question. Yeah. But now so, that, now that Etheria is part of the universe again, they should may, they may be able to find her. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she's hanging out with Prince Adam. <laughs> she could she you very really well wanna be. bring He-Man into this, don't you? But she she okay. very well could Maybe be. she's hanging out with Prince Teldor. Oh, Teldor. That would be bad. That's oh. Skeletor before he gets his face melted off. Right. Or maybe he's hanging she's hanging out with King Randor. You know, she's a queen, he's a king. He kind of looks like the Burger King, but he's a king. <laughs> king Randor is such a jerk. So, I had somebody... I was talking about this show to somebody, and they told me they didn't like it because it's almost... Because they have bad like, taste in television shows? No, all, it's, it's almost... Because the show is pretty much a reverse of... Uh, of shows that we watched in the eighties where it was like an all boys team with one token girl. And this is in this show, the girls are in charge and there's like uh Bo usually is, is hanging on. Uh, and this was a woman that said that they didn't like it because of that, because it still seemed to be sexist, but in an yeah, opposite but that's, way. That's what the original Shira was. Yeah. There's only know. one dude, two, if you count like agree, the, the agree. butterfly bird guy. So, so I, I have to totally, I have to discount that argument because, like, this is a show. As much as I like it, I will admit it's a show written for ten-year-old girls. Yeah, and uh, it's um, if I had a ten-year-old daughter, I would be excited if she watched this because the whole the whole point of the show is that you're stronger when you're with your friends. Everyone has something they can contribute. These are the yeah. themes of this show. And I can't see how anyone can not like it. And the unless problem you're is, a crazy right-wing Christian who hates the liberal agenda. And the, the other thing is that you can't, or they, you, you can, but they tend to not be shows where, say, for example, it was all boys and one girl, but it had the same themes of friendship and power of being together. Like that in modern, in our society, doesn't seem to jive with that gender, unfortunately. Like you would never have a male character who whose power was friendship, right? Which is unfortunate because I think there should be. I guess Steven Universe kind of. I was just gonna I say that, but yeah. again, Steven Universe is mostly female characters, isn't it? I haven't seen too much of it. Yeah. And really, on this uh, I, show, I believe so. Yeah. On this Most show, of the gems are yeah. On this show, Bo Bo is the character who wants everybody to be friends. Bo is the one who's trying to mend all the relationships. It's him. That's, that is sort of the heart of the show and the women, the girls, in this case, Adora and Glimmer, they want to be warriors. Right. And it's, it's really, you always wondered why Bo had a heart on his, on his chest. And that's why, because that's where he wears his heart is right. Not on his sleeve, right there on his chest. 
And I think it's a really kind of a good, almost hopefully cultural stepping stone in the direction of being able to portray boys in popular culture in that kind of a light. In the light of you don't need violence to solve things, you can solve things with talking and discourse and friendship and heart. And I'm hoping that that's, the, like I said, no, it's a step can't. in that direction. Well, we keep going back to the episode, we keep talking about the episode where Bo and Seahawk got kidnapped. Well, that was all Seahawk's plan because he knew he could count on the girls to save him. Yes. Right? Yeah. I um, loved when he's like, she taught me how to speak seagull. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. In the end, the seagull goes, goes squawk, squawk. And she's like, what? The boys are in trouble? <laughs> and that was the episode where Mermista was really really sulking because her kingdom had been lost right and she was sitting in a bathtub eating she'd eaten all of the ice cream in etheria i think yeah that's <laughs> what she said yes and he's like oh yes and that too is my mermista oh <laughs> see that's a relationship there i love that relationship that i love but it's like she he's he's so in love with her and she's all like uh like too cool for school like but oh my god me. But she she totally has feeling that he cares about him too. Yeah, just as much. But she's like, oh, I can't show feelings. Yeah, I'm emo. And again, it's kind of like that almost a gender reversal. So like, the yeah. strong characters who depend on violence and fighting are the women in this, or the girls, but they also still retain some of that culturally necessary, uh, you know, emotions. But they they make the boys and the men in the in the show to be a lot more touchy feely, which I love. I think yeah. that's a, I think it's a great strive forward. And I hope more shows do that. And with that, we will end the talk of Shira. Uh, I think we could all say you should really go through and watch the whole thing just in time for the next season to show up. Oh in, yeah, uh, in May. Yep. Yeah, I think that's always a good time that we did this episode now. Yeah. It is completely a binge-worthy show. You can definitely go through all four seasons before the new season starts in May. Yes. <laughs> like I said, you like can't two. watch just one. No, you really can't. <laughs> and I'll say, I got into this show because I knew I was going to Universal Studios Florida where they have a walk-around She-Ra character, and I thought, well, I better know something about the show before. And I was going to go to take that picture just to send it to Jen because I knew how much she loved this show, Jen. Yay! Yeah, and, I love uh, that picture. And then I got hooked, so... Yay! So with that... I love that, when people like what I like. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we come to Geek Picks. Yay! Uh, which Yay. I guess this last hour has sort of been. <laughs> yeah. Like every episode is. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start with Kevin. All right, well, I'm going back to Hoopla for my geek picks, like I have been for the last little while. Uh, I'm in the middle of reading two uh, graphic novels, because you can't just read one. Uh, one is uh, The Legion by Abnett and Lanning. So before Ooh. they went to Marvel to write um, Guardians of the Galaxy, they uh, they did a run on Legion. And it's, it's just a run, like The Legion is one of my favorite uh, comics of all time. And this is a run that just sort of fell through the cracks for me uh, from the time where I sort of stopped reading comics in the late 90s to the time I restarted reading comics in around the time of um, uh, the second crisis, infinite crisis. So uh, the the Legion by Abbott and Lanning uh, 
it really focuses on characters, and there's a lot of characters in the Legion. There's they've just done some fun. If you like a cool, fun outer space Star Trek meets superheroes kind of thing, uh, the Legion by Abnett and Landing is great. Uh, the other book I'm also reading at the same time is Event Leviathan by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. Uh, that is a fairly recent event that DC has done. Uh, and it starts with someone kidnapping Clark Kent. Um, and uh, Lois Lane is a major character in this book. Uh, she's on a team with Batman, Green Arrow, The Question, and The Manhunter. Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, I haven't read a lot of recent DC books, and I haven't read much Brian Michael Bendis since he came to DC, and it's been really kind of interesting to read his take on characters that uh, I've Which loved version of the question is it? It is, you know, I haven't got to the question yet. Uh, okay. I believe, though, that it is the original question. Let me see. I don't think it's I, I really like the original question, but I uh, I have a special... Yeah, it's Vic Sage. No worries. Good picks. Uh, let's go to Ryan. Well, this past weekend, I watched a movie on Netflix. Ooh! I know. I watched the movie because it's the only place I've seen it, and it had an an episode or a movie of this franchise made available to me easily. I watched My Hero Academia: Two Heroes, which I think is just like the My Hero Academia the movie, uh, the animated you know animated movie, and it's Mm -hmm. on Netflix, available here in Canada uh, with English uh, dub. Which was great because I didn't want to. I didn't feel like reading. Um, for someone that knows absolutely nothing about the franchise, other than it has some pretty cool looking toys, that <laughs> some other people that you know, some that you know, like uh, that I follow on YouTube and things like that, like Robo from the Frouche have done reviews on that seem to really make them look like you know, seem like they enjoy them and. Say okay, well maybe one of these days I'll watch this show, and so this popped up as a new release, so I watched it, and they do they introduce the characters enough that you can you know okay, so this is the main guy, this is how who he is and his relation to the the Superman type guy, and then it's like oh, and I guess this all these other people here are also classmates because this the whole premise of the movie is they've gone to this super secret um, this, uh, mobile island that's an island that's super secure and it's just where all like the the super geniuses and scientists of the world like will strive to live there so they can create um, all the stuff for the superheroes in this world and uh, there's like this big expo coming up and they got tickets to go and then they get there you know so he gets there and then he finds out like a bunch of his classmates are all there and you start to get you know learn the different dynamics i'm sure from the show of who they are when they you know in their interactions and stuff and so all then the bad guys show up and they got to be heroes and yada 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 but uh yeah it was pretty good like for like a little like 90 i think it's like 90 minutes you know it's your average cartoon movie length uh it held my attention and i didn't feel lost and introduced me to another franchise that um, in, in you know that I would uh, I wouldn't mind watching episodes of. I probably won't run out and buy the toys because I need to not buy more toys. Oh. But I will totally uh, look forward to 
<clears throat> you know, seeing the series somewhere without having to read the dubs, uh, the subtitles, because <laughs> I don't like reading. Is for suckers? <laughs> yes. How am I going to fall asleep watching something if I'm busy reading the reading it? Come on. <laughs> Half the time I'm watching TV just so I can have a nap. <laughs> so you should take all of your recommendations with a grain of salt. Well, no. If I, I I stayed awake, so there you go. So that's something. Oh, that that's high praise for Ryan. Is that I stayed yeah. awake through this movie? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I had to rewatch the the ending of the last season of Shira because I was like, um, of the last episode of of, uh, of season four of Shira because I, I, like I said to Kevin today, I was like, I remember watching the second last episode <laughs> up to a point, and then I remember seeing. So what happens at the end of the season of the of the season? And I was like, "Wait a minute, I missed something." <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty sure I wasn't. It was, but it's one of those things where I don't feel like I was asleep, but I wasn't paying attention at all. Like I was in like one of those like dazes or whatever, where you're kind of you're <laughs> looking at it and it's happening, but you're not taking in anything. <laughs> so. I had to rewatch it this morning and tonight so I could talk better about it. <laughs> but yes, My Hero Academia, uh, Academia, uh, Two Heroes on Netflix. Give it a shot. All right, Jen. All right, so <laughs> you all know how much I like The Sims 4. Yes, you hate it. <laughs> well, I found a YouTube channel. Oh, a no. Guy, a guy called Gray Still Plays. And basically, he does this in a bunch of different games, but I've just been watching The Sims 4 games. Is that he has a family of Sims and he basically kills them in different ways. Oh. <laughs> it sounds horrific. And it yes. is. But the way he narrates it is it's hilarious. Like Brent's been watching these too because he and he knows nothing about The Sims Four. Yeah, uh, I gotta admit, I really like these videos, and I don't play The Sims at all. And there's a lot of times where Brent's like, "Can you actually do that in the game?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so I just noticed he posted a new one called "Forcing a Hundred People to Live in a Quarantine Bunker." Um, so he's done stuff like. Uh, uh, forcing people to share one toilet because uh, one of the ways that they can die is uh, of embarrassment. And if they <laughs> pee themselves enough, the Sims will die of embarrassment. Um, oh. There was forcing 100 people to live in isolation where basically he built 100 little tiny apartments and then periodically took away things like beds and toilets. Uh, a lot of times they would set themselves on fire and die because they do that oh. too. <laughs> like the Sims make it really easy to kill them. Um, and he makes like there's certain characters he remakes for each game to yeah. carry them over like florida man who oh, always yeah, appears florida. first in like a towel, a towel. <laughs> yep and he's got like two derpy cats from uh the pets expansion pack and he just made them like with giant eyes and giant ears and he named them spleens and tonsils and so he just like zooms in to see what they're doing every once in a while. And he's great at narrating, but he does this for a bunch of other games too. Uh, lots of games I haven't heard of, but he's got like, um, we watch like simulation games, isn't it? Yeah. Cause those are the easiest ones to do it for. And he doesn't necessarily say what the games are. So I'm not entirely sure, but he has, um, I put the entire population on a cruise ship. That looks like some sort of Sim city game. 
Uh, he's stimulating total economic collapse in some sort of like Sim Planet game. So he's got a pretty good uh, catalog. The Sims 4 stuff is the best. It's so funny. Um, so yeah, I recommend that. So that's gray is in the color. G-R-A-Y still plays. So you can find him on YouTube. Um, <laughs> he also just posted one called Failed Flight School Became an Airbus Pilot. So I'm going to watch this. <laughs> it's pretty good. He just makes up, makes games do what you can do, but you probably shouldn't. <laughs> so yeah, check out some of his videos. Even if you don't play The Sims 4, they're funny. So that's my geek pick. Nice. All right, so comes down to me, and for my pick, I'm actually going with a movie that I hadn't seen in quite some time, but I got reminded of it a couple days ago, and uh, oh man, so good. It's called Dog Soldiers. It's a UK uh, Scottish film that uh, stars uh, the guy who played Spud in Train Spotting, uh, Kevin McKidd. And, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Sean Pertwee? The, he, uh, he went on to play Alfred oh, yeah. in Gotham. And it's right. about a group of uh, British soldiers who are just running, like, you know, war games and maneuvers in, like, the highlands of Scotland. And they come across a family of werewolves. And it's, it's kind of low budget, but it's so well done. And so awesome. The dialogue's good. The, the like it, it's just a snappy little film, and they made the budget work with what they had. And the werewolves are like they're not like these are like bipedal monsters. They're just like eight feet tall and just rip people apart. Oh, so good. <laughs> so um, you can find it. It's on a couple streaming services. It's it's pretty easy to find because it's a, a number of years old at this point, but. Uh, it's a uh, and from looking it up the other day, I discovered that uh, Sean Pertwee is uh, his dad was uh, John Pertwee, otherwise known as Doctor Who number three. Yes. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next episode, um, uh, do we want to do the? Yeah. Well, well, we've got an idea, I'm, but just in case there's something we I don't know about, we'll. Uh, We'll we'll, uh, we'll back <laughs> to be off. determined, <laughs> and we we'll let you know when we know. Yeah, we have <laughs> some extra comment uh, content coming your way. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the the Picard review. Uh, that that was a lot of fun to do. It was fun. Yep. Uh, the the show was. I I think we can all say the show was good. Yep, <laughs> it's good. And we if you want more than it. that, go listen to the episode. Yep. But in the meantime, you can follow us on all the socials at True North Nerds. Our website is truenorthnerds.com and uh, Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we will be back in two weeks with a regular episode, but you might hear one of our voices before then. Stay tuned. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds. 
on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.